Well, Father Gregory, uh, I have throughout my weeks, usually I, I do office hours in local coffee shops mm -hmm. uh, because it's just, you know, more convenient for people to stop by. Maybe it, it feels a little less intimidating to kind of hang out in a coffee shop than in the church or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and so this morning I, you know, I got to my usual coffee shop and I, and I had a cup of coffee and a little bit of time went by and I, I really, I just, it, it was a two cup of coffee day. You know, I just felt like I really needed a, a second cup. Uh, and, and it's, it's nice because at home I don't have a drip coffee maker anymore. So like I usually just have one cup, make my, make my little French press. That's, that's exactly the same size as, as my my mug of coffee that I, that I have here. And, and so I just, you know, kind of one, one cup and I'm, and that's it. So it's really nice when I get to kind of have a, a second cup of coffee and, and, you know, that can be an, a nice experience for many different reasons. Maybe it's just a kind of cozy day. You just need something nice and toasty. Uh, maybe, you know, you didn't sleep so great last night and you really need that extra little, uh, bit of caffeine to to trick your brain into thinking that you have some extra energy for whatever reason you just might find yourself needing a second cup of coffee and so here we are with this special second cup of church coffee pod the first in this new kind of sub series that we're doing where we are going to talk about ways in which we can bring our orthodox faith into the home ways in which we kind of take maybe the celebrations of the of the feasts or or the practices of of the faith bringing that the faith to life in in our homes so here we are on church coffee pod where the theology is never watered down and the conversation keeps flowing i'm father bryce I'm Father Gregory. So, is it only at Starbucks that double shot of espresso is called a doppio, or is that? Like I mean, just the that's Italian? the Italian word, right? Yeah, I I don't know. When you were talking about second cup of coffee, I was just I really want espresso right now. <laughs> and 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 I was thinking, what's I couldn't remember what it. So, what's a triple shot? I don't. I always think of the Greek words diplo and triplo. Yeah, but that's for like the Greek coffee. I know. Well, but it can also like if you go if you get like because now like everybody's getting the Freddo espresso and Freddo cappuccino and Freddo you know okay. lattes and whatever. So they're they're getting the, the espresso shots. I don't see what it's called. Doppio. Triple traditional triple shot is prepared with twenty one grams of ground coffee. That's wow. the weight of the soul, isn't it? That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> is that where that came from okay uh <laughs> <laughs> that's it yes the 21 grams theory about the human the weight of the human soul came from Originally, 21 grams being the appropriate amount of coffee to use for the triple shot because that's how much coffee it takes to give life to a human being or that's how much coffee it takes to make you feel like your soul is about to depart from your body <laughs> your heart goes into palpitations <laughs> anyways um so so, exactly yeah perfect <laughs> so yeah so faith in the home i i'm excited we're going to talk about this and it's yeah. september so we're going to talk about the feast of the cross which we celebrate mm -hmm. on uh september 14th uh the exaltation of the cross the feast day of our seminary yes holy cross has mm -hmm. one of the shorter troparia so i feel like people could yes and a lot of people tend to sing along with it which tells me a lot of people have memorized it which always brings a lot of joy to my heart because it's not that they necessarily hear it a lot. I'm talking about in parish no. life. Right, uh, right. 
and but they but they seem to sing it more than they might hear than they than other traparia that we might frequently mm-hmm. hear in the life mm-hmm. of the church and i i'm wondering if it's because it's shorter uh, it's a little bit easier to remember i remember interesting just on this tidbit real quick it's an interesting one for translation purposes yes because i remember a gentleman <laughs> approaching me once in in my former parish in nashville and he was curious like why because in the English version I was chanting was grant victory to the faithful against the adversaries of the faith. Right, the the school translation. But in the Greek version, we say, Nikas tis vasilevsi katabarvaron dorumenos, which is right. <laughs> grant victory to the emperor over the barbarians. Right. Uh, and the barbarians were those that spoke Vader, 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 vader. So in ancient Greece, it actually dealt more with the Persians um, oh, okay. and the wars that they had back and forth in the ancient okay. times, because that's how the, the I guess the Greek speaking people heard the Persian languages. The so Persian. Those, oh, see, so I thought it was the Germanic languages. So those that go var var all the time, var var. Right. Now um, the varvari. Yeah. So, anyways, so he was kind of saying to me, like, you know, why do you say it one way? And he was actually advocating that he felt it should be said in our parishes, even in Greek, and and kind of the Holy Cross translation uh, way, because we no longer have kings, we don't have emperors. Which... Oh, that the that the Greek should be updated to match kind of the more mm-hmm. modern sentiments that are expressed in the in the English translations that we use. So to go a little bit further down to the rabbit hole, which we'll have to bust out of the ground here in a second, um, <sighs> I did a little research on this, and in Greece, I guess you could do that one in the streets if you're doing a procession. Okay. But in the church, you had to do the traditional one that talked about the emperor and the barbarians. Oh, so, so there is like a, a Greek version mm-hmm. for pop, you know, kind of quote unquote popular F- use. Efsevevsi instead of Asilevsi. And oh, okay. So which and, is what we sing, Grand Victory mm-hmm. to the Faithful. And then Anandion, Anandion ton biston, as opposed to like Varvaron or whatever. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. So anyways, a little tidbit there that I picked up. I don't know if that's historically accurate or not, but you know, that's what I found. So yeah, fascinating. So in, in home life, I mean, one of the aspects of the feast day of the cross is the basil, the basil plant. Mm -hmm. So do you want to talk about what's the connection? Why basil? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's great. Uh, as you said earlier, you said the word that is in the ancient Greek version of the hymn, Mm-hmm. Uh, Vasilevsi, mm-hmm. uh, which is the word for emperor, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the same kind of root word for the basil plant, Vasiliko. So basil is associated with royalty, mm-hmm. and so the tradition has it that as Saint Helen went to the Holy Lands to look for the true cross. And St. Helen being... St. Helen being the mother of, yes. of Constantine, the emperor who legalized Christianity in, in, the, in the Roman Empire. Yep. Um, you know, she, we, we owe many of our uh, monasteries and churches kind of really throughout the Mediterranean to uh, being, being founded by St. Helen on, on the various journeys well, that she took. Especially a lot of the ancient places in the Holy Land. Yes, yeah, especially there. One of the things she went to to the Holy Land to do was to to attempt to find the cross of Christ. And as they were kind of going around looking, uh, the story t- tells us that they found this patch of basil growing where there really shouldn't have been right. any basil growing. And so because of that connection between 
you know, Vasiliko, Vasilevs, the, the connection mm-hmm. of basil to royalty. There was obviously this idea like Christ is, of course, the, the, the ruler over all. Mm-hmm. And so that was the place where they began uh, their search was, was because of the, the presence of, the, of a lot of basil. Yes, and because uh, basil likes a lot of water, and mm-hmm. from what I understand, it was a very arid kind of sandy soil mm-hmm. um, where they saw it growing. So it was a marker, a sign that the king's cross was there uh, mm-hmm. underneath, uh, which they excavated, and according to tradition, they were able to determine there was a funeral procession, I guess, of, yep. I, I think this is the, and uh, they, because they found the three crosses. Right. And they placed him on each one, and then he was restored to life when he was placed upon the life-giving cross where the Vasiliko right. was growing. Yeah, it's, I think I've heard something like that, and I've heard yes. other versions where it's a sick person. And yes, yes. you know, the the point is there was some kind they they found the three crosses, and there was some kind of miraculous event that occurred because of of there the signs, true cross. There were signs from God that that pointed to which was the true cross. And, right, and so. Uh, as a tradition, we grow basil, and we tend to grow it over the summer. It likes it likes the warmth. It yeah. likes the it likes water. Um, although it can be perceptible here, people struggle with. There's sometimes a mildew that bothers it um, hmm. in the air. I didn't see that as much in in Texas or, or Nashville, <laughs> but mm-hmm. something in the air here seems to bother it a little bit in hmm. Central Indiana um, sometimes. And um, so. Uh, um, but you know, we, we bring the basil to church, uh, for the yeah. feast of the cross and it's put on the tray, uh, mm-hmm. where the cross is placed that is processed, uh, during the services, many mm-hmm. parishes it's processed at the end of liturgies. Yeah. The, the typical calls for it to be processed at the end of orthros or some churches, if they're having like an evening liturgy the night before for the mm-hmm. feast, they process it, uh, probably at the end of that liturgy or even at the very beginning before it starts, maybe, sure. um, so, so the, the cross is, is processed in church and the basil is there. And then at the end of the service, people venerate the cross and receive some of the basil to take to their homes as a blessing. Yeah. So one of the ways to live the faith is to grow the basil. I think just simply just to get a little pot of some sort and try to grow basil starting sometime in the spring Yeah. Uh, and try to get it going at your house uh, over the summer. Of course you get, you have to cut it if it starts to seed. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't want to let it seed. If you let it go too wild, it can get kind of woody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stem can get kind of woody, which isn't what you want for this purpose. Right. Um, and any excess basil that you trim off your grow, you can always use to make a nice pesto or something. Absolutely. Um, can be used in various recipes to make things more tasty. Yeah, so growing basil and, and being part of the offering. Bringing it to church or at least just having it in your home. Sure. And then hopefully you have a cross somewhere in your mm-hmm. home if you have one that's on a little stand in your prayer space or you have one that you can safely and easily remove from the wall mm-hmm. and on the feast september 14th or close to with your families can be especially fun with children with smaller children mm-hmm. to have a little procession yeah uh, with the cross in the house and to if you don't know it print it out try to learn how to sing it there's all kinds of guides online to try to mm-hmm. listen along mm-hmm. to sing the traparia of the holy cross uh, and processing it around the house, asking God to bless and protect the home and the family by the power of the precious and life-giving cross. Yeah, I mean, that's actually, that is the tropadion, the hymn that we sing during a house blessing 
uh, for a new home, right? Not yes. during the house blessings that are associated with theophany, yeah. right? But oh, you just got a house. We're going to bless it. We sing the that hymn, the hymn of the cross. And there's a prayer associated right that that talks about protect from injury those who live in this house. Mm-hmm. I always think about that, especially in a house that has stairs. It's just where my <laughs> mind goes. I'm like I'm blessing <laughs> the stairs and. Uh, right. I guess, well, and trying to go up and down the stairs in a raso, it's yeah, and, it's and, and almost falling on your face several and, times. Well, at least that's how it goes for me. I mean, and I chanting know. at the same time, which I don't yes. know what it is about chanting, walking, and climbing, but I just get out of breath quickly. It's a lot. It's a it's, lot. It's really embarrassing because then by the time I get to the stairs, I'm like, <gasps> and you you're know, and, and you're flinging water usually at the same yeah, time too. And, so. then, and then people are looking like, like, oh my goodness, is he about to have a health event? And I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just like he apparently can't do all these things at the same time well. So I, lo- I love the health event, the like, <laughs> the very like Midwest like brushing over any kind of actual yes. danger or a health event. I've only been here four years, but I'm already picking up on some of these things. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, that's another one I think I picked that's up from That's another Midwest, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I never used to say that before. Uh, so th- what else, what are some other things you can think of of ways families can, can participate and kind of honor uh, and celebrate the Feast of the Cross in their home uh, in September? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, be aware of it, right? If you don't have a way you're keeping track of at least the major feasts of the church, you know, check them out, learn about them. You know, we've, we just started the church year on September 1st, and we've already celebrated two of the 12 great feasts of the Orthodox Church. Uh, Mm -hmm. September 8th, the Nativity of the Theotokos, and September 14th, the Exaltation of the Cross. And so, you know, it's, these big 12 feasts are a great time if we can to attend a midweek service. And if we can't, you know, it's it's good to to demarcate it in some way, right? Do something on the on the feast itself. You mm-hmm. know, even and some parishes might not even have a celebration on that day because maybe they're going to do the procession of the cross on the Sunday mm-hmm. before or after mm-hmm. the feast. And that's fine, but but you know, especially then, you know, in our homes it's good for us to make this a part of our life. I, I will always remember uh, the the dean of students at the seminary uh, when I was there talking about uh, he had a friend come over to his house and and they I don't know, did something simple like prayed before the meal or something like that. And, and his brother was kind of like embarrassed. You know, he's in this phase where he's kind of like embarrassed about his faith. And, he, and, and his brother's like, sorry, we don't have a religion. We have a way of life. And, and and his brother kind of making this snarky comment is what eventually led this guy to become Orthodox mm-hmm. because he really saw that to be true, right? This is a way of life. It's not just something we do on Sundays. It's not just something that, you know, is is kind of relegated to to a shelf that we take it off and put it back on or whatever. It's it's supposed to be the narrative that's shaping and, and giving structure to our lives. So to, to just do something right like even if it's just to to pray that that hymn you know if you don't know the melody just pray the hymn together as a, a family or if you know mm-hmm. if you live by yourself pray the hymn by yourself right something to to remind ourselves especially on these these major feast days of the church that that there is a structure to the church year there's a structure to to the flow of time the order in which we celebrate the feasts the the order of the day the order you know we have these kinds of things to help us because these things are deeply reflective of how we as human beings exist in the world. Yeah. I think 
going on that too, and some practical things just based on what you said, the daily readings app from the archdiocese yeah. will have a summary uh, of the feast and that mm -hmm. can be read and shared and, and meditated upon the daily mm -hmm. readings, doing the readings for the feast day in the home out loud, you know, get your Bible out, find the passages that are read for the feast day and read those and meditate mm -hmm. on them. Think about how they're connected to the feast day, uh, and, and what their meaning uh, is. Um, and so these are different things we can do as well. September 14 is always a fast day, no matter what day of the week it falls on. If it's on the mm -hmm. weekend, it's not quite as strict, but if it's right. during the week, it's a strict fast day. And so honoring the day by keeping the fast, you know, having a bowl of spaghetti, um, or whatever it may be, whatever mm -hmm. your fasting food of choice is, uh, <laughs> for dinner and keeping that in place and in mind. Um, mm -hmm. Right, so, because in, in some sense, the Feast of the Cross kind of turns that feast day into a Friday, the day in which we fast in commemoration or in memory of of the crucifixion of Christ. So that's uh, that's a great uh, another way that we celebrate the feast. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's kind of it's it's kind of funny to be Orthodox, right? What yeah. are we going to do? We're going to celebrate this feast. How are we going to celebrate it? By not eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're commemorating it. We're remembering yeah. it. And certain yeah. ones we remember that way, like the beheading of St. John. Right. August uh, 29th. I mean, they mm -hmm. were having a huge party and we're probably, you know, getting drunk and all that kind of stuff. And it was in that moment that, you know, Herod says this very foolish thing that leads to the mm -hmm. beheading of John after some sort of dance is done in front of him. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, beca I'm being, becoming very Midwest now. So, uh, so there, so we fast on that day as Orthodox. So we fast on yeah. the day of the cross, yeah. um, whenever we lift it up, um, uh, on September 14th. Is there anything else you could think of any other ways? Obviously maybe with younger children too, talking about making the sign of the cross and why yeah. we make the sign of the cross the way we do with the three fingers for the Holy Trinity, the two for the two natures of Christ and practicing making the sign of the cross, especially with younger children, mm -hmm. uh, right shoulder first going to left, uh, in the Orthodox tradition, making sure our kids are learning about making the sign of the cross. Of course, we should be doing this every day, many times a day, when mm -hmm. we get up before we go to bed, before meals, uh, and just in general, when we need to, um, there can be often times you need to make the sign of the cross while you're driving your car, uh, because yeah. there are all kinds of things you can <laughs> encounter out there and you need the blessing of the Lord. Um, some nice little t-shirts that I've seen out there that people have made. That's like hashtag uh, do your Stavro. I oh think. yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. those are kind of fun. So, but, uh, you know, and making sure you venerate the cross that day, if you couldn't make it to church for whatever reason, make sure that, you know, if you do this procession in your home, make the sign of the cross, venerate, kiss your cross. Yeah. Even if you don't have a cross to process and you just have the cross you wear around your neck, mm -hmm. um, make sure you pull that out. I mean, it's good to venerate that every day, but pull it out and venerate it, especially on the feast of the cross. Yeah. And maybe um, it's a day to reflect on, you know, why do you wear that mm -hmm. piece of jewelry? You know, it, it's, it's certainly not a, it's, it's not a magical talisman, right? No. It's, it's not, uh, it's not there, you know, it's not going to do anything on its own. It's there to remind us of who we are. Mm -hmm. uh, we are those who strive to daily pick up our cross and follow Christ. Yeah. And if you don't have a cross in your home, maybe, you know, getting one, mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing for every Orthodox Christian home to have. Uh, yeah some way or another. So, 
Um, anything else? Any other thoughts? That's all I've got right now. I think that's a good for a for a second cup. I think that's you know some Pretty good, good content. Not quite into the triple espresso, but still in the double. <laughs> Very yes. nice. We'll 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 keep the triple espresso for when we really need it. All right. So we'll we're gonna try to keep doing this every month. Uh, different topic of living the faith in the home. If you've got any suggestions for future topics or any questions about this or any other things you've heard on this podcast, you can email us at churchcoffeepod at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 317-660-5498. Thank you for listening to the Church Coffee Pod. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Make sure to tell your friends that Church Coffee isn't so bad after all. Even Peace. the second cup. <laughs> Even the second cup. Even the second cup.